he's got all of Jacksonville. He's got all of, all Jaguars fans on his back right now, thinking he I can't let them down. This is our chance to win the division. Everyone's choosing the Jaguars. Now, will they come through? That's the question. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley Brown and joining me via call is Asad Asan. We have to start off with something extremely tragic that happened last night during Monday Night Football. So we're recording on Tuesday. This is yesterday evening's game in the first quarter. Chances are you've already heard about this. Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin, delivered a tackle, got up from the tackle and collapsed a couple seconds later. Medical crew rushed onto the field to basically resuscitate him. So he had gone into cardiac arrest. It was fairly clear after a while that they were performing CPR on him for what appeared to be a fairly long time, several several minutes. He, they also administered a defibrillator before taking him to a local hospital. I said, I actually found out from you, I was getting out of this really brutal movie, The Whale, and walking around talking about this really sad movie with my parents who I'd watched with it watched it with and I get this news from you just sad you know sad stuff has happened you were watching the game I want to hear from you what was it like watching this unfold in the game so yeah I mean it was tragic but I wasn't even watching the game actually at that point I had just gotten home so I turned on the game thinking that there would be a Monday night game and all I saw on the screen was the game has been delayed, and I thought maybe, you know, they had thunderstorms or whatever is happening in Cincinnati, and kind of go on Twitter, and when they came back from commercial, they explained what had happened, so I, you know, rewinded it a little bit to see exactly what happened, and watched a few replays, because they were not being shared much on the internet because of what happened. It it was just really sad, and it it just seemed like a normal football play, which makes it 10 times scarier. <laughs> I, I just, I just couldn't believe it, man. I, I thought, you know, it was one of those things where a guy's going to have to get stretchered off or something small happened, but it was definitely a lot more serious than that. Really just heartbreaking stuff, man. You could, you could see it on the player's face. You, you heard it around the world. You know, this was on big, big news outlets. It was everywhere. I don't know what to how to put this together, but you know it was a big football game, and then it just turned into something completely different. And I, I'm, I'm sure we're all thinking about this young player, so young man, and like this could happen to anyone. It's just scary stuff. You know, one thing that crossed my mind was a Florida basketball player, Keontae Johnson. Yep, who collapsed in 2020 uh, during a basketball game. And I, I can't remember exactly if if this was he had like a sort of like a precondition pre pre existing condition, or like a COVID related myocarditis or something. But what was what became apparent in the case of Demar Hamlin is is that it might have just been the impact to his chest of delivering the tackle. So uh, from Bengals receiver T Higgins. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and so I mean at, at the moment 
The latest that, you know, at the time of our recording is that Hamlin is in the hospital still in Cincinnati. My my dad's a doctor, so he, I was watching some of this footage with him. We wound up watching like for hours. <laughs> and he was talking about how the, the hospital that Hamlin's at, it's actually a really well-known hospital. And it's the only level one trauma center in the area. So really hoping the best for him. But that they're also, you know, there's no word at the moment about any sort of like other factor that led to the cardiac arrest other than just the impact, just that, I don't know, what is it like this, like small probability chance that being hit at, at that spot with that force could lead to your heart stopping. Yeah, no kidding. And I mean, it didn't even look too vicious or anything. I watched that play over and over again. And I was like, you know, what happened? And then you see he tries to stand up and just hits the floor. It's it's hard to explain. And I know there's not a ton of information out on exactly what happened to him specifically, but I'm sure we will hear more in in the coming days. The teams that are only worried about, you know, that guy and if he's going to be okay. We, we saw Skip Bayless, you know, he, he got flamed over there on the internet because he was wondering about how the NFL is going to work this out. And I wanted to transition to that. Like, what are they going to do? Because it's a tough decision. They had to cancel a game. This is late season. It's two teams basically fighting for a one seed out there. And then it all came to a stop. And it was, it was pretty apparent early on that they weren't going to play the rest of that game because how can you? Like, it, it wouldn't have made any sense for them to keep playing. I just want to know what it is. And they went back and forth between, <laughs> like, sort of conflicting directives from the NFL, it seemed like, with Joe Buck saying, okay, well, it seems like the teams have been given five minutes to warm up and go back on field, which an NFL executive later denied, <laughs> ever being said. And then, like you said, it was it was clear when you're watching the teams, you're watching the, the players' teammates, you're watching the Bengals, man, you're watching the other team, everyone just in tears. I mean, this guy's heart has stopped. He's medically dead. I mean, it reminded me of... In 2003, this uh, player for Cameroon, uh, Marc Vivien Fouet, died on on the field, I believe, in like a Confederations Cup game. And I can't remember if he had a pre-existing condition or what that was, but that was, you know, from from basically like from my childhood, we had the, the image of this player just collapsing and can't even resuscitate him. And when you texted me, you know, this is sad, and I Googled it, I... What did I think you had first said? Or what do I think it was about first? Uh, one of our offensive linemen that uh, just passed away as well from a heart condition at, I think, 30, 37, 38 years old. Yeah, Uche Nwaneri, uh, yeah. Yes, Uche. I mean, he was on the team in you know the, the 2010s, so it wasn't even that long ago. Oh, my God, man. What a, what a sad day. Yeah, so I didn't even know what you were referring to. And just like a quick, you know, search on the phone. And I see that they're administering CPR to this guy for like minutes on end. And I, I assume he's dead. Yep. I, I I just, it just it just looks like he's dead. In fact, when they say they put him into an ambulance and, and were able to take him off the field and to the hospital and everything, I, I honestly didn't believe it. Because if you're giving CPR, man, that's that's it. I mean, even the amount of people that are able to come back through CPR 
if depending on how long you're out, like how long your brain has been without oxygen, you haven't been breathing, how long you know your heart has been out, you may you may have life lasting problems in both of those regards. And I, it sounds really sad to say it, but that might that that moment may have been even if Hamlin is alive right now, that might have been his sort of mental death. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's I think that's what we're waiting for, right? Is answers and what happens next, and how is his health actually? Because you know they're not they're not really saying much right now. Exactly, exactly. That paints everything else that's happening around that in a different light. And it was clear from just watching the players how devastating this was for them. I mean, I remember having a friend who was playing goalie in like an intramural soccer game. He got kicked in the head, right? And he actually wound up going to the hospital. I mean, you know, this guy was my, my friend. Like, I collapsed, like, crying. It was nauseating. Can you imagine what these guys are experiencing here? And to see the overwhelming wave of emotion and support from other players around the NFL, around the NFL community, around the sports community shows you, A, how much, you know, they're concerned for Damar Hamlin, but B, how much there's so much around this sport and around us, around the, the, the people around the sport that is way more important than the sport itself. It transcends whatever meaning can be drawn from just one football game. Yeah, definitely. And you got to think about already the emotions that were that these players had going into that game. It was a huge game. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, you know, they've never met. They're playing for something so big. The crowd is juiced. And then with one play so early in the game, too, it all comes to a stop. It's it's just it's just crazy. It was it was heartbreaking to see, man. I was sitting there watching the coverage for hours and hours because I was hoping to get some answers just so you know my mind could be at ease and I'm not even thinking about what you know his teammates are going through and other NFL players because seeing that it's scary because like you got to go play like for example our Jaguars got to go play a football game on Saturday and that's scary to think about after seeing that and sorry for going on this sort of roundabout answer to you but maybe maybe let me let me send the question back to you. You know what what you think will be done. Like what? How will this impact us? And I, and I'm curious in sort of two avenues. One is sort of short term. The other one long term. Short term. You know what is what does the next week or two look like? Like in terms of games being played, scheduling. You know, do people have like a, a moment of silence? Like what? You know, do have how are we? Able, is the NFL able to give? enough respect to what's going on in so much as it's still asking for its games to be played. And then long-term, Hey, this is like, this is just like a day after Tua failed concussion protocol again, and a very high profile impact related series of sports injuries that in his case might, might lead to, you know, CTE and, and life lasting uh, disability. Do you think that long term this is going to drastically change, you know, American football as we know it? I think that American football is already changing and thank goodness the Dolphins decided to kind of sit to it now, probably for the rest of the year. It depends if they get in the playoffs or not. 
because I don't know if they did it out of their own concern and because the doctors were saying it's not right for Tua to play, or is it because they don't want to get blasted by the media and get blasted by literally everyone for letting Tua play when we clearly know that he is not okay. But this game, you know, they've spent so many years, especially recently, trying to clean up the game and trying to make it more safe for players. That's also caused arguments between between people because we we want the physicality of football, right? We want to see these big hits and we want those defenders to be able to make plays without getting penalized. But you have to think about the safety of these guys first. And regarding this play that we saw last night, it wasn't even dirty, right? It was just a normal football play. So that's that's the scariest part. What wasn't anything illegal, it wasn't anything dirty, it just happened. So I going forward, I I think it's the NFL will keep getting better, you know, they're they're gonna keep doing research and figuring out a way to make this game as, as safe as possible because a lot of people don't want their children playing football anymore. And I mean, I don't blame them because I wouldn't want that either. It's it's a very dangerous sport, especially for young people. And this it's gonna be tons of research done, man. And I don't I don't know where the game goes. And as for short term kind of thing, I don't know what they're planning to do. This game is not going to be played though. They've they've made it apparent it's not going to be played. And with the next week, the NFL keeps moving on, right? Like there is another week now already. What they're going to do is going to be a pretty big decision because where these guys stand, the standings, it's like, what do we do? Do we do we do a coin flip and say someone wins it? Do we count it as a tie? There's just a number of things you can do. I mean, all it does is impact seeding. Both of these teams will be in the playoffs, but then it impacts what happens with the Ravens and Bengals game as, as well because they're set to play next week for the division if the Bengals lost. Well, we don't know if the Bengals lost or won. We just know that the game is not going to happen. So, like, how do you go about that? How do the Bills go about maybe getting the first seed? There, there's a, a lot that goes into it, right? And, I mean, it's not going to affect the Jaguars, obviously, because they're playing for their own thing. But it is going to affect the league and the scheduling. And I could see, I I don't think this will happen, but I could see them playing that Bills-Bengals game and kind of giving everyone a bye week so they can play a game the week after that. I, I think that's the only thing that makes sense because you can't let the game go unplayed either, right? You just leave it off the record? I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the most logical way, but I can't really, I can't find one because you can't have these guys play, you know, two times in, in six days either. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I know it's to some people, it might even sound insensitive that we're sitting here talking about how these games can be played. But, you know, this is this is the league uh, and these are the teams these guys are playing for. And these questions are, re- are real. And actually, I think I would argue that these questions, uh, they also dealing with them, talking through them is is a way to give the respect that's due for what these players are going through right now. And you raise a really good point. You know, these questions about like a fast turnaround for these teams to play. You, I mean, honestly, I don't know if you meant it this way, but like, will this game be played, period? Because in a literal life or death matter, you know, maybe the NFL can take exception and as you suggested, possibly distribute sort of a tie or or just take the game off the record or something. Uh, also, it seems like, I mean, I hope and I wonder, you know, if what your thoughts are on Roger Goodell and NFL executive leadership, 
as well, uh, because they've already been under fire in the case of Tua, how, how they're doing, how they're handling the situation right now with the Bills and Bengals game is definitely under the microscope. Or, or do they need to give the whole league a break right now? How, how do you see Roger Goodell, as you mentioned, maybe like a week break or something or like a sort of like a bye week across the board or whatever. How, how do you see Roger Goodell and the NFL leadership factoring into this? Yeah, I mean, well, they have to do something, right? And, uh, you know, it obviously affected the Bills players directly, right? Because that's their teammate. That's their friend. That's their brother. And then the Bengals guys, they were out on the field. And, you know, it's a pretty traumatic thing to see. But also for the rest of the league, it's hard to see because you are playing that same game as them. And that could happen to you on any week. So I, I think it, it could be a situation where they all take a week break. You know, I, I mean, sure, let let the teams where it didn't matter, you know. So some of these teams that are already out of the playoff hunt, stuff like that, you know, that their games have no relevance. I know this sounds like very insensitive, right? But they, they have to find a way to move on and play these games because it's going to have to happen, right? The, sh- the show must go on. It it always must, right? Even when you lose like someone close to you and your family, unfortunately, you know, life life goes on. And of course, we're praying for a man. We, we want this guy to be okay. I think they're going to wait until they have answers about his health to make any decision, Yeah. period. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because they, they don't want to just make a decision right now without knowing he's okay or he's not okay, right? And I mean, this could be a long process. He, We don't know what's going to happen because like you said, you know, when your brain doesn't get that oxygen, it could cause a lot of long-term things and we might not have answers for days, weeks, you know, maybe even months. So I don't really know where they go with this. I think they're going to flip a coin with this game, but I think they're also going to speak to, you know, representatives of the Bengals and the Bills, maybe players, you know, coaches and find a way where they can settle this somehow. Like if they both agree on a coin flip for, for the winner of the game, then so be it. If they don't, then they got to schedule the game, right? You can't just void the game out do they want to call it a tie and how does the tie affect things i mean the i think the tie would be the best thing because they still both have another game and then my second thing is are they even going to play sunday because the bills have a game on sunday are they going to play that game the Bengals are supposed to possibly be playing for their division are they going to play that game yeah man and this is where this this is where this issue I think it pits the NFL against their money-making, multi-billion-dollar industry against the emotional well-being of the players, and it's a testing grounds right now, man. You follow a lot of sports; you've seen it in other sports. You know the NFL has a different sort of identity to it. Yep. And from my point of view, it looks like that the NFL players are often at the losing end of the stick in a lot of ways. And that's why the NFLPA exists. I'm sure some people have differences with the NFLPA that the NFLPA is not doing. The Players Association is not doing enough on behalf of individual players in certain areas uh, of the game and of their lives, you know. And NFL, we've seen it. Uh, When players took a knee uh, in protest in uh, starting from Colin Kaepernick onward, there was there was a straight up crackdown, man. There was a straight up crackdown, and I understand and I respect. You know, there will be listeners here that, you know, may think that taking a knee is too political of a statement at a sports game or whatever. But 
hell, <laughs> you're singing a, a country's national anthem at a sports game too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and the NFL, the NFL just just did not really give space for that form of personal, uh, you know, a protest that didn't put anyone at harm. And in other cases, even the way that contracts are structured, the way that players, you know, have to lobby uh, on behalf of well, their agents, right, have to lobby on behalf of the players and just just the cycle, the sort of it's almost like a vicious cycle too. people just on the bubble practice squads trying to make it in this league. Right. We 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 are we are attached to players that we can kind of see year in, year out. You know, maybe they sign a three year contract, a four year contract. Uh, a prove-it deal leading to a re-signing at the same team or another team. And we see people, we're used to seeing players in the league, the ones that we we know and get familiar with for, you know, 10-year careers, maybe longer, 14-year careers. But how many people are on the bubble just trying to make it? And I know that can be said for all all leagues as well. But it, it just seems like there's kind of a power imbalance, man. It's like when I see like a uh, an NFL owner <clears throat> and then a player, that that <laughs> the, the difference in dynamic there, to me, does not compare to the relative power that players have. Let's say in a league like the NBA, right, where many players are outspoken, yep. they're actually calling shots, maybe indirectly. They're they're helping the team decide who to who to sign. They're they have influence on who the team hires as a coach. It just seems to be a much more uh, egalitarian kind of attitude in in some of these other 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 leagues and so to see the nfl going through this right now man i i think it's kind of a i think this might be an important moment of a proving ground like i mentioned for the nfl to say okay yeah we we do acknowledge that that our players lives are more important than our fucking business yep absolutely but you know they they did say i believe i'm not positive they did say all the games that have already been scheduled are going to go as scheduled as well. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Bills and the Bengals specifically, but I think every other game is is set to play. I think the Jaguars game, they have to play it. I, I think at this point, you know, they they already sold their tickets. What what are they going to do now for that game? And I I wonder, I wonder what they're going to do. I wondered if maybe they were going to take away the the Jags game maybe and. I don't know, play, I, I don't know, maybe just cancel the whole week. Who knows? I, I just don't know, and, pu- and push everything back a week. But then that wouldn't solve the issue of the Bills and the Bengals still. Still does not. Absolutely. Yeah, still does not. And, and, and you know, just, just watching watching mostly on Twitter, a lot of our Jaguars uh, compatriots out there scraping together money to buy to buy these resold tickets, right? For like both the, both the Titans game in week 18, as well as a potential home uh, hosted wild card playoff game, right? And it, yeah, it is a it's a pretty big endeavor to move any of that, to shift any of that would 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 greatly impact people. I mean, I was even thinking about trying to fly out there for this weekend, and it's already like a, I mean, I would probably not even underestimate, including a place to stay. It's like a you know eight hundred dollar commitment, exactly. <clears throat> Tickets included, right? So you know that that is a big endeavor, but man, I don't know what can you do, right? Life or death. Life or death. Yep, exactly. I I have no idea where it's going to go. All we can do is sit tight and wait wait for more information to come out throughout the week. I I mean I could. I'm thinking that the most games will will resume, and I think the Jaguars will be playing Saturday night against the Titans for the division. It's just crazy. It's um just 
odd timing too, right? It's this is the last week of the season. Everything was going to get decided. They're flexing games in and out, you know, to just decide playoff seating. And this tragedy happens and throws everything everything for a loop. Well, and it's interesting. It did happen on a Monday night game too. So there, it wasn't like on a Sunday when there would already be games afterwards and and the Monday night game following in terms of like immediate cancellation or moving around or anything. Also, it, it, it happened when it was a singular, you know, primetime game that everybody, everybody's eyes are on as well. And, and, uh, you know, and like you said, the, if, if the games do continue, I think it's very possible. I guess, I guess what I would be personally arguing is that like, I just want the NFL to be listening to players right now, probably more than anyone else. And these players, the football is their livelihood, right? The NFL is their livelihood. It's something that they love doing. So if they're cool with going back out there and playing, then you know I personally don't see a problem with that. Uh, I I don't think anyone now there may be some that do, and it's totally fine if they want to like withdraw from playing. But I don't I don't really foresee anyone also just being, you know, particularly like on edge or <laughs> or uneasy about playing physically from a physical standpoint because this does even with our talk about the increased sort of uh, maybe risk of serious injury and that kind of thing this. This isn't a, this is a rare thing we've never seen before too so but it's a reminder that there's more to not just to life than this game there's more to this game than just the games that are being played out right there's my uh, my, my dad even asked me he was, you know we're talking about like you know life goals and <laughs> what what do you what do you pour your energies into and all this kind of stuff and yeah and he, and he was like man you have like a jaguars podcast <laughs> and i'm like hey what the fuck are you trying to say <laughs> oh, that's and true. Uh, <laughs> it's true though but and i explained to him man like you know what yeah it's a it's a it's a sports podcast we don't get paid for this this is a thing we do out of love for the team but it is important to me because it was once important between, you know, me and my dad, right? And between me and and my friends and, and a community of people I used to live with in Jacksonville. And also to talk about it with you, man. You know, it's 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 not just going going over the Jaguars performance week in week out <laughs> yeah exactly. that, that we're like getting off on here right yep there's there's life to this you know there's emotion there's humor there's good moments that you and I share together and that we share with other fans and I just remember even our colleagues show Duval Hot Takes in the pandemic man I had some lonely ass times there would be, I remember every, I had these online classes uh, at a particularly brutal Friday that that would start early. I would teach and then I'd actually be in the class and I'd have a lot of work in the middle. And on that Friday afternoon, early evening, I would go to meet friends for dinner. My, my like, you know, COVID buddy, for whatever the fuck you call it, friends, <laughs> and would turn on the Duval Hot Takes podcast (laughs) and get this immediate like injection of energy, man. That was when the Jaguars are like one in 15, you know, (laughs) those are bad times for sure. Those are, those are bad times for sure. So I don't know. I can't explain it, man, but there's something more to it. You know, I, I love those guys podcasts. I love our podcasts. I love you, man. I love the Jaguars. And, and I really hope that whatever the solution is that, 
players can can be together in this time and in, in, in the way that that's most suitable to them. And that celebrates the love that they share because that's the thing we're hearing all this whole week. We're family, you know. We're family. Yep, it's it's a it's a it's a brotherhood, man. And you know, it's hard to explain what why we love the game so much. You know, the players say you know they love this game. They pour everything into it, and we we pour a lot of our emotions in, in into this game. But yeah, it, it's it's much more than the game. But you do have to remember there's it's life. Colin Coward said this today, actually, he said, he's mentioned it before. He said, love your life. Like you love your sports. So I, I, I think that was, that meant something to me for sure. All right. You get to talk some football, <laughs> more football. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. We got, we got to talk about the Jaguars. We're playing our big, our biggest game in years, but biggest regular season game, right? That's what, uh, Jeff Lagerman called it, right? Biggest regular season game ever. And he's been a part of several. It's, it's got to be. So, yeah, Jaguars. Uh, so we got flexed to Saturday night playing the Titans at home at the bank in Jacksonville. If you are going to the game, anyone listening, I fucking love you. Good. I, I will be there with you in spirit, man. I, I wish. I'm sure you do. I said so bad that I could be at this game. So fucking bad. I think so this is bad. I, I think this is like not to detract from what might come after this. But I mean, hell, even in light of this week, even in light of Demar Hamlin and everything that's happening, this is going to be a fucking amazing time of celebration, no matter what happens at the bank. So, ah, it's going to be so exciting. Jaguars play a t- former Jaguars are our double agent, inside operative, uh, NASA astrophysicist <laughs> Josh Dobbs has been named the t- starting qu- quarterback for the game. I, the only thing I can see is we, we come in oddly overconfident and get surprised. I mean, what what should be what should we look what should be afraid of, man? Uh, there's two things to be afraid of. I think one, actually, maybe three. One is this guy just, you know, having this chip on his shoulder, you know, and everyone, you know, he he's thinking this is my moment, right? Like, I'm a backup. And I can go in and win this game, win this division, and then I will be the starter in the playoff game. And who knows, I could win that game. Who knows, I could be the the starter next year, right? Because you know, you know, the times they don't have anything settled in for for a quarterback yet. The second thing is Mike Vrabel. This team is their re- reflection of their coach. They they play hard. You know, they're tough. They're gritty. And I don't know if the Jaguars are really all that, you know, we're, we're more of a finesse team, you know, and we take on our coach's personality, you know what I mean? But I don't, I don't know, man, Mike, Mike Vrabel, he's a great coach. They have that sour taste in their mouth when we beat them this season at their house. They also want to prove that, Hey, this is our division. We've been winning this, you know, pretty consistently for the last few years. We've owned this division and we're going to win it again. And we're going to show them that we are still the kings of the AFC South because all all they're hearing right in the media is they've heard it all year. They're like the Jaguars are going to win this division. They're young, but they're really talented. And then they kind of silence the haters with a six game win streak, and now they haven't won a game and since Thanksgiving. I don't think I don't even know when the last time they won is, but they want to silence their critics too. You know, a lot of those players that they are they're wanting to win this game bad. You want to win the division, winning a division. That's a sense of pride, you know, for your team is we own this division. We run it. You know, that's how Kansas City feels. That's how a lot of these teams feel. So 
they try to run that division year after year. And them hearing about the Jaguars is probably getting a little bit annoying. And it doesn't help that the Jaguars are a touchdown favorite. You know, these guys hear all this. They know all this. They know they're going on the road. So I think they're going to put up a pretty good performance. I think they're going to play play their hearts out. And I think it, it'll be a close game. I, I feel like the Jaguars should blow them out, like on paper. But I don't think it's going to go down like that. And we really, really have to contain Derrick Henry. All those 200-yard games and all those big runs he's had against us over the past few years, we really need to shut him down. We need to get a lead early in this game. You know, our lead against the Texans was the first time we've... Oh, what, what did JP say on their show? He said that was the first time we've scored first in like seven, eight games, something like that. I don't know. We have to take control of this game. We cannot play from behind. We cannot let them control the clock with Derrick Henry and just just play the kind of defense they want. I don't want Trevor playing from behind. It's a big pressure situation for a young quarterback, and he's got all of Jacksonville. He's got all of, all Jaguars fans on his back right now thinking, he I can't let them down. This is our chance to win the division. Everyone's choosing the Jaguars. Now, will they come through? That's the question. Yeah, I think we have we got the swag, man. We're gonna be we're gonna come into this thing juiced up. So I think no matter even if we face some adversity early in the game, I'm I'm really hoping the team you know rallies around each other to pull this shit off. Uh, but yeah, a little a little scary. I mean, it, the fact that this, the fa- okay, the fact that the, the t- have cratered so badly, <laughs> and we like a phoenix have risen from the ashes of London, <laughs> of Wembley, right? And then we still have to fight for the AFC South title is some bullshit. And the Titans have known this for a minute, right? They've known that even dropping, you know, a couple games, which wound up being every game in their last few here. <laughs> it's weird, right? Every game. Yes. <laughs> they, could, they could still beat us in the final game, win the division, and be the fourth seed in the playoffs. I mean, I've been hanging the four seed thing over my my family, my Dallas Cowboys family's heads all, all all two or three weeks since we beat the Cowboys. You know, hey, hey, what seed? What seed are you guys in the? What's your record again? <laughs> 10, 10 and four, 12, 11 and four. Oh, you guys are. Oh, oh, you're the fifth seed. Oh, hmm. I don't know what that feels like. You know, but the Titans for all for all of our hate, they're still, you know, a one point lead against us in this game away from winning the AFC South. That's it. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. It does matter the progress the Jaguars have made this year and that we look legit going forward. And it does mean something that the Titans have fell apart and they don't have a quarterback right now. But as far as this season goes, all is forgotten if you went on Saturday night because you won the division. You did what you needed to do. There's ups and downs to every NFL season for most teams. And whoever finishes the job, like the job is not finished, right? And the most important thing is the Jags are, I mean, this is kind of like a playoff game, right? It's the, what do they call it? The super wild card weekend, you know, cause it's like a wild card game and you're hosting it. And with that comes the honor to host a playoff game as mm-hmm. well. If you win this game, so much at stake, so much at stake. And it's going to be a joy to watch Where, wherever we get to watch it. Man. Yeah. I, I don't think it even matters to me. I, I kind of want to just be alone. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if, like if I'm not around a, a Jaguars fan, I think I just have to be alone. I'm I'm, I'm pretty nervous. I'm I'm not that nervous yet, but I know Saturday is going to be a tough day until until the ball kicks off. Yeah, yeah, and there, there'll be other people out there watching on TV, man. I'll be one of them. And it's it's nice it's nice to have you know 
privacy of your own home. Just you and I guess is it Joe Buck and Aikman? It will be on ABC ESPN, so I would assume so, but I don't know how they're doing. I mean, it's ESPN, so it has to be. Okay. I would guess it's them, yes. Yeah, I mean, watching on TV is different than being at the game. I mean, the game obviously would be glorious. Oh, yeah. But, definitely. you know, you get you get the, you get get the your own version of an upfront and close uh, seat there with all the different uh, camera angles and commentary and close-ups and just kind of know what's going on but it can be it can be stressful too man so yeah this one i will be watching live as fuck <laughs> don't worry about tape delay. no <laughs> yeah okay good thank god because if, if i'm sending texts and you're responding to drives that happened 45 <laughs> minutes ago i'm gonna be a little upset <laughs> classic man classic we can we can work on that in the new in the new year how about that i'll, I'll work <laughs> yes, on it I'll that, work that's on gotta it. be the resolution <laughs> uh hey how do you feel about the saturday game by the way yeah, I'm not. I'm not instead a, of Sunday. Uh, well, yeah, if we're talking uh, time to rest players and whatnot, the fact that Titans even played the previous Thursday, right, with against the Cowboys, and they've had even more time to rest in between. the The opposite end that you know whoever wins the game will have, I guess, relatively speaking, an additional day to rest uh, leading up to the following week's actual wild card game. It's not a big deal. I like the idea of a Saturday game. I kind of, a little part of me rejoices at the end of the college football season, kind of before the bowl games when the NFL starts playing a few more Saturday games. Me too. And no problems whatsoever. It reminds me of like soccer scheduling and stuff. It's fucking cool, man. I love Saturday night football like that. Yep. Uh, I think Saturday night, Sunday night football would have been kind of the cherry on the top to the season you know we'd be that game that, that final one we'd be the whatever last year's raiders chargers finale right. was right that would be us yeah. uh unfortunately we wouldn't have the, the chance to both tie and get into the playoffs that would be <laughs> one of us can tie though we can tie we can tie hell yeah but no i i i like it um for me honestly i, I would prefer uh, a different cowboys quarterback offering the color commentary so instead of uh Senor uh, Homophobia Aikman, if we had Tony <laughs> Romo and his uh, Muppet-like uh, reactions to things, I think that would be amazing. But yeah, you can you can only ask for so much. Yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah, because it's not going to be on CBS. Hey, but it's a primetime game, and I'm glad it's Saturday night. You know, so Sunday Sunday nights, I get the Sunday scaries, man. And then, you know, the start to a new week, I think Saturday is a good way to do it. And I think it ensures that the winner is going to play that wild card game the next Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would, that would make sense. That would make a ton of sense. Wow. Weirdest thing in the world, man. It's like literally one of the remedies for the sadness and trauma of Monday Night Football is perhaps football teams coming together, playing some more games. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. Absolutely. And I think this would be the first game, you know, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck would be back since since that too. So be it's going to be interesting. Well, we could talk people's ears off about even more about ESPN's coverage of everything last night and how <laughs> Booger McFarlane emerging as a, a, a prophet of our times and uh, dude. But anyway, I think I think we can call it call it here, and we'll just touch base next week, hopefully with the Jaguars alive in the postseason. How's that sound? Yep, let's let's hope for the best, man. Let's hope for the best. This this is it, or else we're gonna have one last podcast this season if they lose. So <laughs> let's see what happens. 
Thank you, listeners, as always, for joining us on this episode of The Drunken Jaguar, an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunken Jaguar. And hey, straight up, thank you. And it's an honor. It's a, it's a joy to just be here recording. And I said, thank you, man. Seriously, you started this thing. You got me on. It's It's been a lot of fun. And I really hope we get to do this for, for years to come. For years to come. And this would be our first playoff berth since we started. So... That would be a beautiful gift. <laughs> I agree, man. All right. Let's go, Jaguars. Let's go, Jags. <laughs>